Steve. But yeah, the team effort putting together a sermon for me, especially. Um, I think I've said before, I always get Rachel to do the stuff on the computer for me. Um, and then, especially today, even so, uh, Steve look after the PA and flick through this, the slideshow for me. So that's uh, much appreciated. Um, we are continuing in a study on Genesis and we're right at the beginning. Well, last week was the first one and Garth uh, started things off when we're looking at the foundational truth. Foundational truth that we see right from the beginning of time from on this planet. And Garth started things with uh, the first chapter about creation and we sort of noted that it's actually not so much about the detailed story of creation but more about who God is and the nature of God, that he is a God of order, that he's a God who is creative in creation and we noted that he's a God of mystery and majesty. And today Genesis chapter 2 sort of looks more into the detail of of day six of creation. But I ask you this morning, why is it that you open God's word to read it? What do you get from, or why do you approach God's word and open it and read it? And I'm sure there's a number of reasons and, and I'm guilty of one of them, one of them sometimes the occasional time where you're just in a rush and you're you need the answer for Bible study. You know, you're going to head out. You don't want to rock out there with no answer. So you better to, oh yeah, what's the answer to that one? Look at that verse. Yet, drop that down. You know. Sometimes it's a habitual thing. Like people want to read a chapter a day or whatever it is to get through the Bible, and that's good. You know, get through the Bible in a year. Um, there's a number of different reasons we read the Bible. When Rachel and I started going out, it was August the 11th, 2002, um, quite a while ago now and, and the, the thing, things actually got sort of started the night before on August the 10th at Robin uh, Mary's place. Now, you, I don't know if you know about that Robin Mary but you've got a little part to play here in our relationship and uh, you know we started on August the 11th it was a Sunday I remember because the Saturday night was their, their place a winter sleep out night and you know we started sending texts back a lot and we started calling and uh, after about a month I think or two months I think the phone bills came in and Rachel was only 16 at the time so Stuart was paying the bills <laughs> and they sort of tripled I think <laughs> I was 21 so I was paying my own bills and I think we started to write more letters after a month or two after that. Uh, they were free. So, um, But in order to grow in our relationship, we, we needed to spend a lot of time together and, and I needed to get to know Rachel and understand Rachel. And Rachel needed to do the same to me. And in, and in understanding me and in understanding her of each other, we really grew close in our relationship with each other. There you go, my notes. <laughs> and when we come to God's word, I think we need to come with a mindset of wanting to understand something about who God is. That no matter the reason for coming to the word of God, whether it is for Bible study or it is for personal devotion, 
but we come to understand and know something about who God is because the very purpose of our creation, the very purpose for life, it says in Romans 8.28 that God has chosen us to become like Jesus and it's something that God does in our life. And if we're going to become like him, then we need to know and understand exactly what we are to be like. If I'm to love like God, if I'm to forgive like God, if I'm to relate with other people like God relates with me, then I need to understand and know exactly what God wants me to be like. Not that it's me that's doing it, but it's God that's doing it through me. But I have responsibility to to search the scriptures, grow in relationship with him to understand and know who he is. And so when we come to Genesis 2, it's no different. We are to come with a mindset of trying to understand who God is. Take away something about the nature and character of God. Focus today is on the relational God, that God is the author of relationships. Firstly, God made relationship between himself and man and then he brought about relationship between man and woman. In verse 7, it says there, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. He literally took dust from the ground and and made some formation of man. I'm just guessing like maybe he actually made the arms and the legs that was just like a lifeless form of, of, of humankind. And then this incredible miracle that the breath that put the stars in its place and the sun and the universe into existence, he breathed that into this dirt, this dust and breathed life into existence as we know it. What an incredible miracle of God. What an incredible experience for Adam to take his first breath after the breath of God had come into him. And so begins this incredibly detailed, unique and at times extraordinarily fragile life. But it tells us one thing, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made by God, our Creator. From the very first cells coming together to, to the growth of a fetus, to the birth of a baby. It's just a miracle. And we sit here, and I stand here, nothing short of a miracle of God, of creation. The human body is really complex. I'm not even going to begin or pretend to know much about what the, how the human body operates. In fact, we are still discovering things about the human body 
that we haven't known for thousands of years. There's a number of things you can find on the internet about the human body and, uh, and I found a few, you know. I just want you to have a listen to some of these. Our bones are four times stronger than concrete. You don't look that strong. There is not an invention in the world to date that is refined as our sense of touch. When you touch something, it sends a message 200 kilometres per hour towards your brain. Now, I've never been that fast, so I can't understand how fast that is. I can see a few, Andy, smile. I can see maybe you've been that fast. You might know how fast that actually feels like, but that's how fast it goes to your brain. We're made up of 70% water. We produce enough saliva in a lifetime to fill two swimming pools. Yuck. You have 300 billion capillaries, which are small blood vessels, in your lungs alone. Now, billion is a big number. Only usually direct, uh, usually related to debt or Australian debt or not getting political here but but a billion's a big number and, and I heard this explained once so I just blew me away I thought it was great um, a guy called Louis Giglio a great communicator of God's word if you can get hold of him if you haven't heard it he speaks about numbers like this way to give you an understanding of how just complex we are and how great God is if you were to think about numbers in seconds a thousand seconds have a guess, Pat. What do you think? A thousand seconds ago. A thousand seconds ago. What, a day ago? Or I can see the brain, the accountant brain just ticking, ticking, the numbers. A thousand seconds ago. Sixteen minutes ago. There's someone smart down there. Or you've read this before. A million seconds ago. 12 days ago, yeah. yeah. And if you then you go to a billion, it's 1982, 31 years ago. And then there's a number after a billion, it's a trillion. That's a big number, there's a lot of zeros. And that's 30,000 BC ago. That's a long, long time ago. And these numbers are big. We're talking 300 billion capillaries. If you were to take out the capillaries just from your lungs alone and lay them out, like stretch them out and lay them out, you'd think maybe you might be able to get to Greensboro. But in fact, if you stretch them all out end on end, you could take them all the way up to Hume, wrap them around the Harbour Bridge and bring them back to Melbourne. And that's just sitting in your lungs. If you were to take all the blood vessels from your body and wrap them around the earth, you could do it twice. This, I mean, that just blows your mind away, doesn't it? But this is what God did with dirt and his breath and breathed life and created existence for the human race. We are fearfully and wonderfully made and we sit here this morning as a miracle. Nothing short of a miracle of God. Our creator God 
I'm sorry. Notes getting mixed up. Our Creator God has always existed in relationship. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, eternal. And from eternal past to now and to eternity into future, they will exist in relationship. 1 John 4, 8 tells us something about who God is. It just simply says that God is love. That God has always and is now and will always exist in a loving relationship with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. And the Son will always exist in a loving relationship with the Spirit and the Father and so with the Holy Spirit, with the Son and the Father. That it is not, maybe not something we can fully grasp right now but it is something to behold that the three in a, are one in relationship, in a loving relationship from eternity past to eternity future. And it gives us some context when we think that God has placed the desire and the need for relationship in each and every one of us. And that desire and need is something that goes beyond any race, any religion, any culture, any generation. You travel around the world and you'll see in the smallest villages of Africa to the largest cities in America that people need relationship. People seek out relationship, companionship. And so from Adam until now, God has created us out of love, ultimately to be in relationship first and foremost with him. And in doing so, we would be the subject of his love the objects of God, our Creator, His love. Secondly, God created a relationship between man and woman. If I can keep this here, I can read it out to you. Verses 18 and onwards again. We'll just read that again. Verse 18 of chapter 2, it says, that the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Adam lived in his perfect garden in a perfect time. I would dare to say the most perfect time to live. Rachel disagrees because she says the sewage system was, would have been terrible and uh, there was, wasn't this stuff around her, the things, that, the commodities and the nice restaurants maybe and the coffee, I don't know. But I think it would have been the most perfect time to live. 
in perfect relationship with God, in a relationship where there is no barrier of sin. He had no fear of the animals that were created. In fact, he named them according to their nature, according to their behaviour. He had no fear of God, of of walking with God, of communicating with God. He personally experienced God's love for him. He personally experienced God meeting every need for him. But it says, in all creation there were no suitable helper found for Adam. That there was this incompleteness in Adam that God noted and saw and said that this is not good. In stark contrast to God's creation that we've read so far where he spoke it into existence and said this is good. He now says this is not good for man to be alone. This is not good that there is a desire in him for a helper and that word helper isn't what some men might want it to mean, um, like a first year apprentice um, helping doing all these jobs. This is not what a helper means. It's not what your idea of a wife should be. Um, and I don't want to go on about it, but the, 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 word, the Greek word translated from the Hebrew here in the New Testament is actually the word used for the Holy Spirit when it talks about the Holy Spirit's role for, in the Christian, in the believer. So just to put some context to that and this deficiency, this incompleteness in Adam uh, led God to create Eve, a woman. And God takes on this first operation. No drugs, no assistance, no ED department down the corridor. Just another miracle of God. Puts Adam into a deep sleep um, creates a few questions for me because I don't know if Adam would have felt pain. He's in a time where there is no sin. I so said, I don't know, but he's put him into sleep, maybe just to make it as, as a surprise or something. I, I don't know. But the most, more important than that is that God takes a rib from Adam and creates woman, another miracle of creation. Um, a, a pastor from Geelong, his name's Kirby Lancaster, some would know him. Uh, he married uh, my, one of my sisters, Kim, uh, a number of years ago now and he put it this way, and I thought it was pretty funny, he, he put it this way about the creation of woman for man, that when Adam wakes up and he sees what God has done with a rib from his side and he says, this is flesh from my flesh, and bone from my bone and I'll call her whoa man (laughs) Matthew Henry and this is a well known statement Matthew Henry a little bit more seriously says Eve was made by God not out of Adam's head to rule over him nor out of his feet to be trampled upon by him but out of his side to be equal with him, from under his arm to be protected and from near his heart to be loved. 
God's provision of a wife for Adam, you know, is a great example um, of, of God providing for man's needs. But he knows and understands our needs and desires. Psalm 139, is it? Yeah. Verses 17 to 18, David says these words. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. I can't even count them. I can't begin to number them. They are greater than the grains of sand. You know, I spent a fair bit of time thinking about those verses just this week. You know, we find ourselves, I don't know how, many, how often or how, what you need to count about how often you think about God. How often you just stop and think about the goodness and the greatness of God. Could you count them on one hand this week? And no matter the circumstances of life, maybe you're in a great place, maybe you're in a dark place, but this promise that God continuously never stops having precious thoughts about you. And after thinking about the miracle of creation, I just felt so special and unique. Although I'm just a tiny speck in the timeline of the human race, God never stops having precious thoughts about me and you. Not only does God know what is good for us, but he does something about it. Isn't that great to know? That we can trust him because he knows everything about us. And when he sees a need, he meets the need. Sometimes it's not exactly when we want it met, but he meets the need. He did it for Adam and he's doing it today for you and I. God's intention wasn't for man to be alone. We are made for relationship. We are made to be in relationship with one another. Obviously not just in husband and wife, although this is the example set in this perfect time. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. What should a relationship look like between us as God's creation? If we are Christ-like when we show... Sorry... We are Christ-like when we show Christ's love to others. We are Christ-like when we show Christ's love to others. And if we are going to relate to others as God first intended and first created us to, then it must be 
with a foundation of love. In Matthew 22 and 37 to 40, Jesus talks about the greatest commandment. Uh, The greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. And the second, which is like it, to love your neighbour as yourself. God's expectation and his design is that we relate to one another with love. In marriage, in family relationships, in as friends, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And when, when love is the foundation of a relationship, then 1 Corinthians 13 tells us about all the other things that flow from love. Patience and kindness and not being envy, not being jealous. Uh, the expression of love that you show and, and what people see in your life will be measured by your understanding and your experience of God's love. I'll say that again. The expression of love that you show in relationship with others and what people see in your life will be measured by what you know of God's love and what experience you've had of God's love. What experience have you had of God's love? Have you experienced salvation? Have you experienced the love of God that sent Jesus Christ to the cross to die in our place. And if you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Saviour and Lord of your life, then are people seeing in you the experience that you've had of God's love? Do people see the love that God has shown you in the way you relate to each other? That's why I believe it's so important that we seek out God in his word, that we seek him out in prayer to know him and understand him. That the character and the nature of God, the stuff that we're looking at from last week and onwards here into Genesis about the foundational stuff of Christian faith, would become true of our lives and it would be seen by others. I finish with this and, and Jesus puts it so simply in John thirteen thirty five. Your love for one another will show that you are my disciples. Lord and God, we just give thanks as we remember the love that you have shown us and what that did was send your son Jesus Christ to die for us and you've made a way that we can be in right relationship with you our creator 
Lord God, place the desire in each and every one of us to seek you out, to know you and understand you, your character and nature, that you would do a work in us and change us day by day to be more like Jesus and the effect that that will have on our relationship with you, that we will draw near to you and close to you and the effect it will have on the relationships we have with each other. Please remind us of this as we go into this week. In Jesus' name.